son. Where'd you find this? You are now listening to Podcast 42, the world's most popular, inaccurate, and sometimes squirrel-dry telling of pop culture history. Frost is lighting candles. How can we, how can we read if you turn off the light? But it's nice effort. Last time we recorded at your house, we had the same issue. Oh, do you want the the bats? No. No, we don't need the bats. The bats. Oh, the the lights. That was just for the Batman episode. (laughs) But we didn't do it for the Batman episode. We did it for... Uh, What episode was that? (laughs) Robin Williams? No. No. Muppets? Muppets. Maybe maybe the Muppets? Was it Muppets? No, I don't know. I don't remember. Huh. I'm sure we talked about it. We'll just have to go back and listen to the show. <laughs> it was a live show. Oh, then. Yeah, did we only do a live show that week? Yeah, I think we only did a live show that oh. week. Okay, maybe that's that what was it was. It. So on that note, <laughs> it's time for Podcast 42. I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm we Nicole all Fasone. Did I do my job? I'm Y2JL. Yeah, we've we've started like 10 minutes ago oh. for you to be checking all yeah. the, all the sound are? equipment now. Who are you? Oh, and I'm Faraz. Hey. <laughs> hey. Welcome to the show, Faraz. Hello, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this week's episode is on who? Chris Jericho. And who picked it? Oh, Faraz. No. Faraz, Faraz loves him. He's from Canada. Is it? Yeah. Well, sort of. Sort of. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. But first, let's open up the beer cooler. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you think. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you drink. It's cooler than you drink, yeah. Alright, JL hates me this week. I do not. I got something that you sort of like. I got from Cigar City Brewing. Tokabaga Red IPA. At least the brewery has a chance. Yeah, that's true. It's dry hot with citra hops. Thanks for opening it while we're alive for us, <laughs> because you know the rest of us were prepared. I we, just finished checking the sound equipment. He was busy lighting candles. I know, going for the mood light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because... This is the second time we've recorded at Faraz's house, and this is the second time he wants to turn off all the lights, even though we are a somewhat scripted podcast. <laughs> I can always read. read in the dark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the candle gives a light. You can read by candlelight, Chris. People used to do it. Yes, but we all can't read by your one candle. I can light up more candles. Would you like some more candles? Yeah, I would like you to light like 26 candles so that we could all read it by. I have that minus the 20. Is that why you have tiki torches in your house? I have tiki torches? No, he doesn't have tiki torches, JL. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be really dangerous? So are the 26 candles he's lighting right now. You know, we were listening to something today about uh, lobbyists for uh, anti, like for flame retardant chemicals that are possibly cancerous and therefore they're banned in California. So this guy was trying to say like, no, these are safe. Listen to this. Like a mom put her baby into the crib and she put a candle in the crib with the baby and the mattress was with the anti-flame material and the pillow was not and the baby like withstood 50% burns on its body. What? Like the entire upper, the upper half was was not like completely burned but the bottom half was fine. It was like, Wait a second, but what kind of mom would put an open candle in a crib with the baby? That's like, an awful story. The, no, the guy was full of you know what. Like he was, he was lying just to, to lobby make them. for the uh, flame retardant systems, which what, are hazardous what, in themselves. What I would really like at this point, besides to forget the burning of the baby, 
it was, is, a, it was a fake baby. He was lying while okay. he was testifying. Well, Nicole okay. did not say that. She just said a baby was she, Yeah, she didn't yeah, say a fake baby, so that's much he better. He did it over a course no. of several testimonies, and each one, the burn became more serious. It was like 50%, 85%, like 90%. But I would like you to light 26 candles and then sing Every Breath You Take. Because that was the video. The video? For Every Breath You Take by the police. 26 candles? Yeah, they had 26 candles, and he sang. Never mind. Go watch the video. <laughs> and then he knocked him down with his microphone stand, I believe. I can't remember. Or you The could... candles. <laughs> I think so. Were they scented candles? No. Was I, I don't know. Have... I didn't have smell-o-vision. I only have scented candles. <laughs> MTV didn't have smell-o-vision. I'm just saying, if we light all my candles, it'd be a conflict of scents and aromas. You know, I remember... Kind of when... like that time you had the gas leak in your house? <laughs> no, that was a pleasant... For undetected scent. For I told us, you to light a us. candle then. <laughs> yeah, we could have lit a candle then. For us, you are a conflict of scents and aromas. <laughs> you know, two things really quick before we get started. Why do you hold up three fingers then? I didn't. I held up two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is that day that you guys were all here to record the episode, the next morning we go outside and the gas company is downstairs. I'm like, wouldn't it have been perfect if they were here last night? It just would have made everything come full uh, yeah, circle. Great. And then second, you're talking about smell vision I remember when I was a kid and the Rugrats movie came out and was in theaters, you could go to like McDonald's or Burger, whatever had the promotion at the time. Mm-hmm. Speaking and, of promotions, McDonald's is a two for five deal right now. Hold on. They gave you a card <laughs> that had scratch and sniff. So you would go to the movie and it would have like a one in the corner and you would scratch the one and you would smell what was on the screen. And oh, so I don't remember that. But I would like to know why Faraz has a deal with McDonald's <laughs> on yeah, the side. Seriously. Is he just going to shout McDonald's he, promotions he through the whole to, uh, podcast? From McDonald's yeah. he used to get us all our ads before, you know. I can't oh, yeah, yeah, what yeah. What his name? I don't Who's remember. A bad sponsor? Frank or whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you in the McDonald's bathroom. Yeah. I don't remember who he that got was. got us truck nuts, though, and grill ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite sponsor. That was my favorite, too. I couldn't make it through the ad. What is grill ass? Well, oh. you may join our Patreon and you can listen to that. <laughs> or you can go to the McDonald's bathroom, ask for Frank, and he'll get you some. We're going old school all of a sudden. But right now, let's go back to new school because it's time for the pop quiz. Get out your pens and papers. This pop quiz is called Welcome to the Pop Quizzes Jericho or This Quiz Just Made the List. I like the last one. <laughs> See, I watched, I watched a couple of videos, so I get that reference this time. Oh, there you go. I'm upset. I meant to bring my clicky pen for that, too. And uh, <laughs> Did he have a clicky pen? Yes, yeah. we have clicky pens. Who can I have a clicky pen? Yes. Oh, boy. There's going to be a lot of editing on this one. I don't know if that clicky pen writes. Uh, it doesn't matter because if it doesn't. <laughs> it's just for this the sound pen effect. Will make a list. <laughs> <laughs> this is five general knowledge facts on Chris Jericho in order of the easiest to the hardest to test your knowledge. Score one point for each correct answer. Question number one What move has Chris Jericho regularly used as his finishing maneuver? He's got a couple, but this is the, this is the big one. Uh oh. You didn't. You didn't study Chris Jericho moves. I just watched YouTube videos. Okay. Long over sh- him talking smack to people. Oh yeah, yeah. I can, can see talk. that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of talking. Not so much. Not much fighting. Just a lot of talking in those YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, but one of my favorite wrestlers uh, back when I used to watch regularly was Roddy Roddy Piper, and I don't think I ever saw him wrestle. <laughs> he was too busy hosting Piper's Pit. Yeah, and talking smack. But when he did, he did hit Jimmy Snook over the head with a coconut. Did he? Well, that figures. Question number two. What is the name of Chris Jericho's band? Hmm. Hint. I'll give you a hint. It's a Muppet. It's a Muppet. It's a Muppet? Yeah. Because it's a band, and it's a Muppet. The name is a Muppet? Yes. Like an established Muppet? No, an unestablished Muppet. Yeah. They've only been in every Muppet movie ever. Did we talk about this Muppet? Yes. Yes. It's one Muppet? It's yes, not... just one Muppet. One it's Muppet. not the Muppet band. It's not the Electric Cause, Mayhem. Okay. No, because that is without a doubt the greatest name for a band ever. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, because that's why I had to clarify. Question number three. With which member of the McMahon family did Jericho have a memorable feud with? Which member of the McMahon family did Jericho have a memorable feud with? Memorable? Memorable. Memorable. Yes. Memorable. 
rememberable. <laughs> Memorable. <laughs> I'm saying it the American way. Question number four. What body part of the McMahon family member that Chris was feuding with that he constantly claimed was enhanced surgically? Body part. Enhancement. And question number five. Who defeated Chris Jericho at SummerSlam 2005? Oh, first stump for jail. 2005. 2005. It was more than 10 years ago. Yes. Hence... I like my answer. That was the year that Batman Begins came out. Answers. And a year after so Spider-Man not. Two came out, it was not Tobey Maguire. It was not Heath Ledger. Was it James Franco? Did you write down an answer? I'm thinking. Okay. Oh God, it's only an hour show. Eh. Uh, wait. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> who did Chris Jericho? No. Who, who defeated Chris Jericho at SummerSlam 2005? Mm. Hint. It's not a Muppet. Okay. 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 Question number one. <laughs> what move has Chris Jericho regularly used as his finishing maneuver for us? Clothesline? Nicole. Putting people on the list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I told you all my answers are comedic relief. <laughs> you should Jail. have said armbar. But no. Walls of Jericho. Walls of Jericho is correct. What's that? What's armbar? That's where he like folded them over on top of themselves. It's where like you you're holding their legs and you like pull them back and everything like that and you put all this pressure on their back. Oh, mm. what is armbar? It's like an inverted Boston crab, oh. but you know instead of sitting on the person, you pull them back further to stress the lower back. Boston crab is really good with butter. It's Question so number two: What is the name of Jericho's band, Nicole? Animal. For us, I too have animal. <laughs> oh, you guys are absolutely wrong. JL. Fozzie. Fozzie is correct. Aww. Waka waka. <laughs> Question number three. With with which member of the McMahon family did Jericho have a memorable feud with? Nicole. <laughs> Maybell McMahon. Maybell McMahon. I just went for the alliteration, and yes. I thought it would be funny if it was a Old girl. Old Maybell. <laughs> <laughs> One of the lesser known McMahons hardly ever made any TV appearances. As a matter of fact, made zero. So for us... It's not the Mabel. only McMahon I know is Steve. Steve McMahon. So I put Steve. Steve, Steve. McMahon. Who's Steve? You don't McMahon? know Vince. That's the one who I meant to say, but I for some reason thought his name was Steve. Jail. Stephanie. Stephanie. Oh, see, it was a girl. Yes. Maybe I meant Stephanie and I went with Steve. Okay, that was close. And what body part did Chris say that Stephanie had? Enhanced surgically, Nicole. This makes Boops. a lot more sense. Boobs, now. yes. Uh, boobs is actually what I put, and this I thought it would be funny. A lot more sense. And for us, now, given what did you put? Information for the last question. I put buttocks. Buttocks, yes. That old butt surgery is very popular. The breast assistance. The breasts, yes. yes. So it worked out for me to make fun, make a joke. Yeah, right about now Nicole's got more points than for us. I have a point for that. I just didn't think Steve I'm also McMahon. giving you half a point for your first one. Maybell McMahon. Oh, no, 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 no. Your oh, first one. Putting them on the, the list, list is his I final love that as a good finisher. <laughs> <laughs> and question number five Who defeated Chris Jericho at SummerSlam 2005? JL. John Cena. Nicole. Everyone on his list. <laughs> for us I have the rock John Cena good job he was then fired the next night on Raw and because he defeated him and he wasn't supposed to because he was supposed to win <gasps> Eric Bischoff fired him who was supposed to win Jericho, Jericho should have won but then they did a whole thing where they fired him the next night they fired Jericho yeah okay I thought they would fire John Cena no 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 they never fired John Cena Bye. All right, let's get into the life and times of Chris Jericho, the WWE you wrestler. You smell the candle now? Yes, the Caribbean Queen. Yes. Ooh. Yes, it's very... Nothing better than smelling Billy Ocean while we record a podcast. Every <laughs> breath you take. <laughs> Makes me want to get out of my dreams and into your car. Every move you make. <laughs> Every Jericho you fake. Ugh. <sighs> You're, you're, you're right kicking there. it off, Jill. You're right there, Nicole. Go, go. <laughs> Good, because Lionheart, Y2J, the man of a thousand and four holds, the Ayatollah of rock and rolla, Mongoose McQueen, the first ever undisputed champion. Christopher Keith Irvine, known throughout the world as Chris Jericho, was born on November 9th, 1970 in Manhasset, New York. That's not Canada. Sorry, go on. 
We're not there yet. It's a surprise <laughs> twist. His father was Ted Irvine, who played in the NHL for several different teams over the course of his career. Chris's family moved to a little-known city in Canada that nobody talks about after his father's playing career came to an end. Oh! Need <laughs> <laughs> to read the sentence first. Because <laughs> now they were living in Winnipeg with nothing to do. Oh! <laughs> Are you from Winnipeg? Yeah! Okay. <laughs> You, you have a lot of students in Winnipeg. You can have snowball fights. You can build snowmen. Then you can tear them apart and use their parts for snowball fights. <laughs> so much. So much. <laughs> it's a never-ending cycle. Of snowballs. And snowmen. <laughs> Plus, you can make a fort out of decorate your fort, Decorate your fort with a snowman. And then have a snowball fight with the opposite fort across the street. So you could pull a Dwight, like Dwight did for Jim, where he just has a field of snowmen, and he's secretly hiding in one of them, and they're just walking very cautiously, like, well, where's the next attack going to come from? No, I never did that. Oh. You know, you've been hanging out with Faraz too long, because he'll bring up Batman and Star Wars and everything, but I don't know if you realize it, but you bring up The Office in everything. (laughs) The Office covers everything. No, it doesn't. Yes, it did does. you guys? We did in Winnipeg. Did you guys ever put a magic hat on any of your snowmen? No, <laughs> because we would take them apart to use for snowballs. Okay. What would you checking. do with the wet hat afterwards, Chris? It would. Come it would to be life. litter. Yeah, no litter. And then he would dance around there the town. There was no litter in Canada, sir. <laughs> litter. Chris soon discovered his love of professional wrestling after going to some, some events at the Winnipeg Arena. The wrestlers who influenced... They had an arena? Yes. Yeah. Where the Jets play, sir. Two Jets. Benny? When you're and a the jet, Jets. You're a Jet all they're, the way. They're two teams. That's what I've heard. Two yeah. teams. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> two Jets. The wrestlers who influenced him the most were Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Shawn Michaels, and the late great Owen Hart. Heading out to begin his career as a wrestler, Chris Irvine tried his luck in Keystone Wrestling Alliance. Here he learned a few things before going to the infamous Hart Family Dungeon to become what would become his tagline as the best in the world at what he does. At the dungeon is where he met future friend and tag team partner Lance Storm. The dungeon is also where he came up with his ring name, Chris Jericho. This being from the song Walls of Jericho by the awesome band Halloween. Asterix. Yes, maybe. (laughs) The song I Want Out is one of the best songs I've ever heard for a power metal group. I don't care. I'm going to take another sip of beer before I continue. Oh, yeah. Take your time. That's fine. (laughs) Dead air is always good for a podcast. Yes. It's great. Always sounds good. Yes. Can I savor that sip while you 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 speak? We'll just fill time. I got it. I'm ready. It's not like you can't edit this. Can you? Have you? Have you, you've never listened to any of our shows, have you? <laughs> I know there's a disclaimer. I know that sometimes we have sound issues. Isn't that enough? And I helped fix the sound issue last time. You did, but it, there's not a whole lot of editing involved. Later, he has yet to begin the next paragraph. After spending some time in the dungeon and learning from the best, Jericho formed a tag team with Lance Storm called Sudden Impact. The duo toured all over Canada while facing up and Coming while well, facing up and coming talent like Adam Copeland, 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 yes. from Adam Copeland, the police. That's Stuart Copeland. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Every breath you who would take. later be known as Edge, and also the equally talented but underappreciated Jay Re- Rezo? Rezo. Rezo, Rezo, who later became Christian. He like converted. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? That's his name. That's his wrestling that, name. Those are their oh. wrestling names. Uh, he was say he said converted. I thought we were literally talking religion. <laughs> yes. Yes. The duo continued to tag together from 1990 to 1991 until they went to Japan. You oh. didn't mention the wrestler Buddhist. What? Oh, where? Sorry. That Did was I skip Buddhist, that? The Buddhist, uh, the barber beefcake. Yes. Then Buddhist, the barber beefcake. Yeah. Yes. And moving the on. Buddhist barber. It was a stupid joke. I don't joke. see this in my yeah, paragraph. Bad joke. bad joke. Really bad. Yeah. Then. In 1992, Jericho went to Mexico and did what any good wrestler does in Mexico. It's a taco. I was going to say do drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Sneak into America? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they were already in Canada. They didn't have to go to Mexico to do that. Yeah. They snuck out of Canada, (laughs) traveled to America, snuck into Mexico, then snuck back into America. It's like those cartoon dots. Right, like yes. when they like walk the across tunes. the right. when they walk across like the map and they Jones leave the little dots from like country to country. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
that's that's what, what they actually did in Mexico was wrestling while wearing a mask. This didn't last long, and soon he ditched the mask for good, but not his gig in Mexico, now known as Leon de Oro. Leon de Oro. Leon de Oro. Doro? Doro. 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 Which translates to Golden Lion. His career soon took off, garnering much fanfare. The diehard wrestling fans of Mexico nicknamed him Carazon de Leon. Did I do that right? Sure. Or Lionheart, which struck with which stuck with him for many years to come. Jericho took on the cream of the crop. God damn it. Luchadors. Oh, luchadors. Luchadors. Culminating in him defeating Ultimo Dragon. I feel like I'm not giving a flair to that name. Ultimo Dragon for go. the NWA Middleweight Championship. This he held for an almost this he held for almost an entire year. Have you not seen Nacho Libre? No. Uh you're missing out. Yeah. Okay. Really? Because okay. if you did, oh. you would have known that word was luchador. <laughs> His biggest break came when Chris Jericho was offered a spot in Paul Heyman's small yet iconic promotion, ECW. ECW, or Extreme Championship Wrestling, was a tiny powerhouse that gave the world wrestlers that normally would not get a chance in other promotions. Wrestlers like Rob Van Dam, Sabu, Taz, Too Cold Scorpion, and Jericho's best friend, Lance Storm. Too Cold Scorpion? Yeah. He was, what made this person think up of that name? Uh, why not? It also says Too Cold Scorpio. Oh, it's oh, a Scorpio. Scorpio. Oh, I did oh. read it wrong. That makes so much more sense I was now. Just let you keep going. Yeah, because well, yeah, because that answered your question of how did he come up with that name? Which is as simple, it's simple the, the that remo- area. The removal of the end. <laughs> it makes it a lot easier. Uh, okay. Mick Foley is credited as getting Jericho in ECW, having witnessed some of his matches in Japan, saying, "Chris is one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen, like ever." And I don't know why he isn't working someplace bigger, because mark my words, he's going to be good. Oh, um, that sounds like what people say about you, Chris. Yes. And then he ripped off his ear. Why is that? What? In Japan. Is that what you do? What? No, Mick Foley ripped Mick off Foley, his ear. He lost his ear in Japan that. in a match. Oh, crap. Following his, success, following his success in ECW, bigger things were coming on the horizon. Eyes were watching all over the world. But one close to home in Atlanta, Georgia, was watching closest of all. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Originally, JL, you wrote the small town of Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, did I? I don't know. <laughs> I was just wondering if you knew if maybe Atlanta was smaller back then because it's huge now. Oh, well, it grew. Okay. <laughs> so um, did Winnipeg, guys. Did it? There's a lot more to do now in Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're in like triple digits for who lives there. Like uh, they've got snowball cannons now. Like you don't even have to do it. There's annually. activities. To, <laughs> you can freeze your snowballs and use them in summer. Really? <laughs> <sighs> it's like a bad sequel to Frozen. WCW or World Championship Wrestling came calling in 1995, looking at Chris to be one of their centerpieces in the new high-flying cruiserweight division. It was here that Jericho character started reaching its full potential. He, oh, I knew this name was going to come up. Yeah. I'm going to need help with it, JL, when we get to it. He once again faced off with familiar foes like Ultimo Dragon. Ultimo Dragon. Ultimo Dragon. But also new opponents such as Rey Mysterio Jr., JL. Juventud Guerrera. Who? Juventud Guerrera. Was that his real wrestling name? Yeah. That's what he went by? Yeah. He was the juice. Okay, well. I'm going to say the juice of his name comes up in my section again. Yeah, we call him Quasi-Juice. And the man of a thousand holds, Dean Malkino? Malenko. Malenko. Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko. That's how you say that name when you get to it, Nicole. All right, I've got it. Dean Malenko was a man with no charisma at all who specialized in submission holds. It made him easier to pick on. During their feud, Jericho developed a knack for giving his opponents nicknames and mocking everything about them. Jericho expanded his catalog of holds to 1,004, making him slightly better than the Malenko in the ring. You know who else does that? Who? JL. What? (laughs) (laughs) Gives people nicknames and mocks them. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. (laughs) Well, his new set included such devastating holds as arm bar, arm drag, the moss-covered three-handled... Family Gr- Gridunza. Gridunza. Armbar. We just said armbar. Why yeah, is that yeah, in there just twice? Keep going. 
Armbar, Lion Salt, Armbar, Drop Toe Hold, <laughs> Body Slam, and Armbar, to name a few. So I'm guessing that was like his only real big move. No. Yes, no. He just did it What a is Armbar? I asked him in the beginning. Armbar. It's a hold. It's a submission hold. Okay. When it, he did the whole thing, he came out with like a whole long sheet of like printer paper. Okay. And just started naming things off, but he kept saying armbar like every three moves, uh-huh. just so that way he could say he had more holds than Malenko. So he would go through and say it like that, and then it'd <laughs> That's be awesome. armbar. Got it. Walls That's of funny. Jericho. I get it. Moonsault. Armbar. That's funny. You know, um, in college, I had this sexual move called the Moss Covered Three Handled Family Gradenza. <laughs> I thought that was just a movie you made. Well, yeah, that was the, the movie after I. Invented that sex move. <laughs> he ended this feud just to start one with Quasi Juice. Juventud Guerrera. Which ended with Guerrera losing his mask in the match. Dun, all, dun, dun. all while this is going on, Jericho re- uh, reigned as Cruiserweight Champion, putting the rest of the roster on notice. Chris was quickly gaining a new fan base with his quick wit and skills in the ring. For the majority of 1997, Jericho dominated the rest of the cruiserweights until Rey Mysterio dethroned him. Accomplishing everything he could there, Jericho set his sights on a new prize and better competition. In 1998, Jericho set out to become WCW television champion and completed this task by defeating Stevie Ray. Vaughn? Nope, just Stevie Ray, okay. whose brother was Booker T, who was hurt, and Stevie Ray defended the title, and Jericho beat him to become champion. Because if it was Stevie Ray Vaughn, I don't give Chris Jericho much credit. I think he could, yep. anybody could beat up Stevie Ray Vaughn. Especially then. Yes. Yeah. As champion, Jericho brought excitement to Monday Nitro, thus renaming it Monday Night Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> he would stay champion until Perry Saturn defeated him, and he would leave WCW soon after. In 1999, vignettes began airing with a countdown to the millennium, but with it culminating far before the supposed computer crash of the year 2000, also called Y2K, which would never happen, actually. (laughs) This clock would hit zero on August 9th, 1999 instead. Oh, no. Yep. While in Chicago, Illinois, with The Rock giving another one of his memorable promos, Y2J was born, the WWE would never ever be the same again. Is that a Jericho thing? Yes, it is. Okay. Jericho would enter his first feud in the WWE against the eighth wonder of the world, China, which led to his first of many reigns as Intercontinental Champion. And this is one of the videos we watched today where he was, like, threatening China. Yeah. You know, when I, I started, I stopped watching wrestling around this time, but I stayed around for a little bit longer because of these uh, things that they put on for Jericho before he came out. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting story for JL, but oh. then he, he left the table. No, I didn't. All right. I did. I had to go get a beer. <laughs> but, no, yeah, the thing I loved about it is when they were airing the things from Millennium, it's before the internet really took off, and you started hearing, like, oh, so-and-so signing with this company, and you would know it before they even debuted. It was back when LL Cool J was investing. Yes, when he was investing. <laughs> and you sat there, and you watched this countdown of the Millennium going, all right, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? And then when it happened and Jericho showed up, it was a big payoff because he had a big fan base that just followed him from WCW to WWE. And a terrible haircut. I'm surprised. I loved the Gene Simmons top knot that he did. <laughs> also, that silver shirt was phenomenal. He had a mullet. He went through a lot of like physical changes. Like There was like a compilation video he watched where he was just like, you see him like broad and bulky, and then all of a sudden slender and just narrow with short hair. And then all of a sudden, like the next video, broad and bulky all over again. It's tough to work out on the road a lot, probably. Yeah. Um, it was very dynamic, that's for sure. So this clock hitting zero on August 9th, 1999, like what was that a wrestling clock or was that when they thought the computers were going to No, happen? no, that was the wrestling clock. Oh, okay. Cause because like- all you saw was a countdown to the millennium. And everybody was going on about Y2K and what was going to happen with Y2K. Mm-hmm. And then this clock is just going on. You're like, that's not going to the end of the year. Well, it should have gone until September 9th, 1999, because then it would have been 9999. And that would have been yeah, cooler. But, but. but you weren't the promo person. No. <laughs> and sometimes you just have to like- look at what city you're in and where you'll get your biggest pop for a debut. Mm-hmm. And Chicago's huge for wrestling. 
It was just the Intercontinental fight. Champion was just the first title Chris Jericho would win as he followed it with the European Championship in 2000. The year 2000 also brought a setback. Wait, wait, wait. I think you read that wrong. I think it says the swarmy year 2000 also brought back a setback. <laughs> Why swarmy? <laughs> read on. The, it'll, <laughs> your answer will be in the rest of the script. The swarmy year 2000 uh-huh. also brought a setback for Chris by being taken back <laughs> by being taken out of the main event of WrestleMania. This was in favor of adding Mick Foley instead. Do I still keep reading to get it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, keep reading. It'll, keep reading. It'll, it'll answer. This itself. was the push for him to take his character to new heights and becoming a major force in up, in upcoming invasion premise. Oh, still. So you got to flip the page. Yeah, yeah. The invasion of WWE was one of the greatest ideas in professional wrestling history, but extremely poorly executed. ECW and WCW being bought out by Stephanie McMahon. Oh, Big Stephanie. Boobs. Yeah, the fake boobs. And, and Shane Steve Mc- McMahon. Who the hell oh. is Shane McMahon? <laughs> and Shane McMahon, Steve McMahon, respectively, both came to WWE to overthrow CEO Vince McMahon, their, their father. father. Oh, oh, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> With too many wrestlers on the roster and no clear end in sight, the storyline became a jumbled mess with people jumping from one ship to the other, causing fans to lose interest. This is where the idea of the undisputed champion came from. And who wrote that storyline? None other than Mabel McMahon. Yeah, that's why we don't talk about Maybell. Yeah, Maybell McMahon. Maybell. Oh, Maybell. Not Mabel, Maybell. Maybell. No, Mabel was a wrestler. Jericho, in the midst of a feud with The Rock and showing signs of turning heel, ended up... What's heel, JL? What is a heel? That's the villain in the wrestling world. Okay. So if you're a face, you're the fan favorite, where a heel is the one that's going to get the crowd to hate them and say all the fun things for to piss them off ended up defeating him to win the wcw championship for the first time he would lose this title soon after but all was not lost going full heel heel to toe chris jericho defeated the rock and stone cold steve austin in the same night to become the first ever undisputed champion in WD- wwe history on december 9th 2001 which was a peaceful, peaceful year at the Vengeance pay-per-view. I know you didn't just say 2001 was a peaceful year. A peaceful. That's what it says here. That it needs to be a different adjective for 2001. It was a rough year. It was a rough year. Why? 2001. Okay. September yeah. of 2001 yeah. was... But most, that's was way towards pretty, the end of the year. Well, that, yeah. yeah, and that kind of shot the whole year. Okay. If you say so. I say so. <laughs> this was the catalyst that ended the invasion storyline. Jericho would hold on to the title until he's defeated by Triple H at WrestleMania 18. During the brand split, Jericho would jump between shows winning multiple titles. It's also during this time that he revisited his love of heavy metal and started the band Fozzy. Going by the name Mongoose McQueen, he began fronting the band while channeling his inner David Lee Roth. This was the start to become the rock god he always wanted to be. Fozzie started as a cover band, but has since evolved into a force one never dreamed of. Between wrestling and music, he was busier than ever, yet the creativity never stopped. Jericho debuted his own segment on Monday Night Raw called The Highlight Reel. Goldberg was his first guest. This helped start a feud between the two and also reunited Jericho with Lance Storm. After that, he did a storyline straight out of Eddie Murphy's Coming to America, where he bet fellow superstar Christian a Canadian dollar that he could sleep with Trish Stratus first. A loony? Yes, he bet him a loony. <laughs> it's just, you've seen Coming to America. Yes. Uh, where they all do everything, and they, they make the bet, and they're in the bathroom, and it's like, one dollar. <laughs> and it was like, here, I bet you one loony. <laughs> the only thing I remember was the royal penis is cleaned. Okay. It's a great movie, though. (laughs) It was a good movie. In 2004, Jericho is credited with creating the Money in the Bank match, which would pit superstars in a ladder match to claim a briefcase that contained a world title opportunity. Any place, any time. Shortly after this, Jericho left WWE to take a break, but continued other pursuits. 
While on break from WWE, he wrote the first part of his autobiography titled A Lion's Tale, Around the World in Spandex. He also starred in the sci-fi movie Android Apocalypse with the greatest television actor of the 1990s, Joey Lawrence. <laughs> Double asterisks. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Joey Lawrence. That sounds very familiar. Hey, this is Doubtfire. Whoa. No. What? No, that's Andrew Lawrence. Okay. They're, okay. This that's is his brother, his right? That's talented yeah. brother. Okay. <laughs> Fosse continued to make new music, but the main reason for the break was family. How could you say Joey Lawrence wasn't like the greatest <laughs> actor of the 90s? He was in all, everything. All he, all he said was, whoa. Yeah, and he made a career off of it. I guess. I mean, you know, Adam Sandler can make a career out of making kids' noises. <laughs> and you know who could use a, an Adam Sandler movie right now? Joey Lawrence. Should put him in one. Yeah, the script would be... Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> 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 Yeah, we just made a movie. <laughs> Jericho yes. Berry. Netflix would buy it. Yes, they would, because Jericho buried Jessica Lockhart in 2000 at the height of his career and never had much time off after that. They had a son in 2003 and identical twin girls in 2006 during his wrestling hiatus. This time off was important to Jericho because family is everything to him, but the love of the ring is just as strong. Never intending to stay away forever, Mysterious Vignettes of a Code began. Page turn. <laughs> airing during Monday Night Raw in 2007. Eventually, the code was broken when Y2J returned to save us. Returning in late 2007 to save us from Randy Orton, Jericho came back to much fanfare with a new finisher and an amazing LED light-up jacket to make his entrance even more spectacular. During this time, he won his record eighth Intercontinental Championship, giving him the record of most won. He also had a feud with one of his wrestling inspirations when he took on Shawn Michaels. A ladder match between the two proved deadly when Jericho lost part of a tooth when his face hit the ladder. Ouch! No. Oh yeah, it took out like half his tooth. Ugh. Jericho played the heel in this rivalry, putting Jericho's through the Jeraton 6000 during an episode of the Highlight Reel and accidentally punching Michael's wife during a segment also of the same show. Accidentally? Yes, he meant to punch Michael's, but Michael's pushed her out of the way, and he ended up hitting her instead. Oh, shit. Yeah, because that's how you get somebody to hate you. That wasn't scripted? No, it was. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good God. You had me worried. There. Yeah, I was like, damn it. You really sold it. Good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the latter match was the final battle between the two and served as a proper way to end it. Still the heel, he won the World Heavyweight Championship twice that year until his most sinister opponent yet came forward. Mickey Rourke. Woo! Fresh the bad guy from Iron Man 2. Yes, Iron Man 2. Yes. And the lover from Nine and a Half Weeks. <gasps> what? Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> Mickey Rourke, fresh off his award-nominated turn in The Wrestler, came calling, but due to movie studio interference, he could never get his hands on him. WrestleMania came and Jericho took on everybody that Rourke threw at him, all in one match, including Rowdy Roddy Piper yeah. and his own hero, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Jericho was victorious, but Rourke got the last laugh and knocked him out after the match. He then won the Intercontinental title one last time and also t team titles with Big Show as the tag team Jericho before leaving once again. And when um, Jericho wrote Woke up from being knocked out. He was in front of an open refrigerator with chocolate pudding smeared all over his chest. I think he was able to explain the ending of The Wrestler also after that, too. <laughs> Break you number guys never saw Nine and a Half Weeks? No. no. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. I've you seen Nine see Months. Wrestler? You've seen Nine Months? Yeah, isn't that with... Um... That's Hugh Grant. Yeah, Hugh Grant. Wow. Oh, that boy. is a big difference right there. Yes, extremely big difference. <laughs> Break number two consisted of more music from Fozzie and writing part two of his autobiography. This book was titled Undisputed Hero. Undisputed. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the book was titled Undisputed How to Become Champion in 1,372 Steps. was released on February 16th of 2011, a much happier year than the year mm -hmm. that Chris was happy about, I guess. Ooh, that was a bleak subject. It, was it actually says February 16th, the bleak year of 2011. <laughs> I, I don't know why it you're not reading It was bleak in these, Winnipeg, I'll tell you that. Why you're not yeah, reading these, there were no snowballs. these yeah. dates correctly, but keep going. 
<laughs> it was a success. So he wrote part three, which was titled The Best in the World. At what? I have no idea. This was in 2014, which was a summary year. <laughs> oh, the whole year was summary? Summary. Okay. Quaint. Why was are you a quaint a summary of 2014? That's what I want to know. What? Keep going. <laughs> I was already living here in 2014. Showing he had some rhythm, he completed on Dancing with the Stars in 2011, which was, again, a decent year. Summary. No, that no, was 2014, goddammit. 2011, it. I think he said, was bleak. Win- yeah. Winnery. No, that 2011 wasn't bleak for me. Was it bleak for Chris? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it. <laughs> the, s- the similarities <laughs> between the dance floor and wrestling... R- and the wrestling ring led to him to return to the WWE once again. Jericho came back to prove he was the best in the world. At what he, he does. At what he does. And engaged in a rivalry with CM Punk. CM Punk. Is that like Daft that, Punk? Really, or? No, no. That's really his name. He's the Chicago-made punk. Yes. He now gets beat, beat up. In MMA at yes. the UFC. Yes. Extremely beat up. Both billing, And yet I've watched both of them. Both billing themselves as the best. They had to prove it on the grandest stage of them all. So the only option was WrestleMania. Which they had in Miami. Putting on a match for the ages. Did you go? Yes. Okay. (laughs) It truly was the highlight of the night until The Rock, who was returning from his first match in year for his first match in years, defeated John Cena. Yeah, they actually had Jericho and CM Punk go on right before that match. It was probably really the best match of the night. But everybody was there for the Rock Cena match, so it was great. But everybody kind of forgot about it. It seemed like the crowd forgot about it by the end of the night because they were only talking about Rock and Cena. And it's all staged. No. What? Overshadowed yet again, <laughs> he engaged in other memorable feuds with Fandango. Fandango. Like fin. Like trip the lights, Fandango. Not, Not the, the movie movies. ticket thing. <laughs> no. Like that's quite a memorable feud. I, like, you know. And you take it on a whole movie theater chain, yeah. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler, by Wyatt, Bay Wyatt. Oh my God. Wyatt. <laughs> That's an awesome Wyatt. name, though. Bri- Bray Wyatt. Wyatt. <laughs> and former tag team partner Kevin Owens. Jericho had made it known he would not be wrestling full time anymore due to music commitments. While there, he put people on the list and helped them become the best superstars they could be. Music not being the only thing outside the ring keeping him busy. He launched the amazing podcast, Podcast 42. I've no. heard of them. No, Talk is Jericho in 2013. What kind of year was 2013, Chris? 2013 was a folly year. <laughs> it was a, a springy, folly year. His podcast. Can't be. Those are opposites of one another. I know. That's what was so rough about it. Oh. His <laughs> podcast is one of the best semi-scripted podcasts out, covering a wide range of topics while having guests like Paul Stanley of Kiss on it. That's a great band. Amazing how you picked out the KISS member of all the people he's had on the podcast. Well, you know. We can get a (laughs) KISS member, can't we? Yes, we can. Yes, I'm sure Vinnie Vincent would be happy to come on our show. We can get Steve McMahon. Or you and Nicole Kiss, and that'll be about the closest we're ever going to get to a Kiss member. No, I think we're one of the best um, semi-scripted podcasts out. No, we are the best. That's fine. As long If they kiss, I will do my best rendition of Let's Put the X in Sex, and then we'll have all versions of Kiss going on. There you go. <laughs> Wrestling still being his number one love, he continued to make spontaneous appearances for WWE while returning to New Japan Pro Wrestling, where he started. Following an amazing match with Kenny Omega, he began the... The NJPW. <laughs> New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay. Whew, that's a mouthful, kind of like the LBGQTRST gay community symbols now, the letters. They yeah. keep adding letters to their mm-hmm. to their thing. Never mind. Intercontinental Champion defeating Tetsuya Naito. Naito. He still holds that title even today. In 2017, Fozzie released their most well-received album yet, titled Judas. They embarked on a tour shortly after. This year, however, he launched his most innovative idea yet called Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. It is a cruise featuring some of the best talent in wrestling today, while showcasing some awesome bands at the same time. With this, Chris Jericho has proven why he is a force to be reckoned with in and out of the ring, making sure you experience the best in the world yet are never... Ever the same again. 
and that is Chris Jericho. Hmm. Interesting. It's very good. One never knew. Let's do some fishbowl facts because there's some more fishbowl interesting stuff. This is where we pull some extra tidbits about Chris Jericho from a fishbowl. JL, you go first. Oh, uh, I also saw today that a wrestler actually passed away. Who was it? Jim the Anvil Neidhart. R.I.P.? Did we like him? Did you like him? I did. He was actually part of the Hart Foundation in the late 80s and in the 90s with Bret Hart, which mm. is where they won the tag titles. And I was a He was a good wrestler. He played a great heel. His daughter wrestles for WWE today. Wow. Everybody got one? Yeah. Yep. Jericho hosted the show Robot Combat League. The show was exactly what it sounds like. People creating robots and making them fight each other. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a BattleBots thing. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking of, BattleBots. I loved it. Your turn. Your t- oh. It's a circle for us. Same order. Chris Every took week. part in a reality show that put celebrities who are not known to be singers on a team with a known singer. It was called Celebrity Duets. And, like most reality shows, each week one more celebrity was eliminated. One or more celebrity was eliminated. CJ was teamed up with the country music star... Lee Ann Womack and Peter Frampton. Since CJ was more of... Since CJ has a more rock style of singing, he didn't mesh well with his teammates as he wasn't used to singing a certain style. Unfortunately, he was the first one eliminated. Fishbowl facts. I actually watched this show. CJ was once the host of a game show called Downfall. Contestants had to answer a certain amount of questions correctly in a set amount of time to win. This is part of the course for a lot of game shows, but this one was held on top of a 10-story building in Los Angeles. Contestants answered questions, and as the time went on, all their prizes would go by on a conveyor belt and then drop off the side of the building to their destruction. It was pretty awesome. I actually really (laughs) enjoyed that show a lot. I thought it was different than most game shows. And the look on the contestants' faces, as you would see, like something like a refrigerator, golf clubs, anything going over the edge. They were just like, oh. I think they had personal items on there, too. They did have personal items on there. And that would go off the side of the building if they didn't answer. Chris Jericho is also a lover of tattoos. He has five tattoos, and three of them are in his left hand. In his left hand or on his left hand? On. On his left hand. In Inside of it. It's National Left-Handers Day, by the way. High five, lefty, with your right hand. Well, How yeah, dare you? Yeah, it would have been awkward for me going like that. No, it wouldn't. It would have so been. Let's try it again. I don't know. Chris and I are both right-handed. We would high-five. Oh, so he would do right and left. So when well, you I was holding right my left, microphone. We would do right yeah, and right. You would typically right go right and left. Yeah. That way you like, connect properly. Huh. Yeah, but it, it, for the specific day, you would make the exception, you know? You did it wrong. Anyway. Like always. Link Legend of Zelda is left-handed. The first tattoo is the name of his wife, Jessica, which is tattooed on his ring finger. And the second is letter F as a representation of his band Fozzie on the back of his hand. The third tattoo is an album artwork of Fozzie's fifth album, Sin and Bones. He's actually extended on that, so he has pretty much a whole sleeve now. Really? Do you yes. listen to his albums? Yes. Were they all good? or I like them. I like them. Uh, again, the newest one, Judas, is probably the best one yet. But going back to his tattoos, he has a lot in there. like that. They're all music-inspired. And he did a segment on WWE Network talking about him and how like it's like little subtle references to different bands and how they influenced him on how he chose them. So mm. That's always really That's fun neat. questions to ask people. Like yeah. if you see somebody with a lot of tattoos, I always like to say, which was your first tattoo? What did you get? And then I say, what is your favorite tattoo? Swastika. What the heck? <laughs> I so forgot. controversial tonight. I forgot. You, you, I completely you are forgot. so trying to stir the pot with him <laughs> tonight. It's great. Hey, me. <laughs> I, I know. I looked right at you and I said swastika. <laughs> and then I'm like, she's Jewish. <laughs> yeah, I was Heiner, just, Heiner, Heiner Cole's like, mom. You said 2001 was a good year to a year. New Yorker, I was too. just trying to go for the most controversial tattoo. You are successful tonight. I wasn't going for any other religious and... People, I love Jewish people. Please, <laughs> please do not hate me. I was just going for something controversial. I, I think that I would be interested in people asking me how, why, why, what made me got my first tattoo. If I were to get what, this tattoo, what it would be. Do you have? I don't have one right now, but if I were to get one, it would be Princess a bat Zelda symbol on my chest. Oh my god! Going across and like, yeah. Someone would say, hey, what, 
He made it almost an entire episode. <laughs> almost. Almost. <laughs> I think it'd be a cool tattoo to like yeah, have. You sure, know, we're at the beach sure. and stuff. Yeah, yeah so be. his logo all the time. So, <laughs> Fozzie has released seven albums, one of which is a live album. They've also toured with some of the best in heavy metal, like Motorhead, Megadeth, Metallica, Anthrax, and Slayer. You sounded sad when you said Slayer. I'm not a big Slayer fan. Chris Jericho, along with former NFL quarterback Tim Tim Tebow and former Atlanta Braves third baseman Chipper Jones, are co-owners of a sports training facility in Florida called D1 Sports Training and Therapy. Wow. What is it? It's it's in Tampa. It's actually a neat gym. I was about to say, have you been there? Yes. I'm not surprised. Chris Jericho has managed both Wade Barrett and uh, Usos. 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 Those are Rikishi's kids. Okay. Wait, what? I think we're missing a fishbowl oh, fact. I've got one. Okay. Our last one. Our last fishbowl fact of the night. Other Chris Jericho nicknames. The highlight of the night. Cowboy. The greatest Canadian of all time. And your role model. I thought Faraz was the greatest Canadian of all time. No. There's a lot. <laughs> Trudeau's being pretty good right now, I think. See, I was thinking of what could be the worst tattoo any person could ever get, and that's where that joke lied. That's all. You're still trying to cover up your I know. I feel so bad. (laughs) This is the worst thing ever. I apologize. He brings up tiki torches. You bring up swastikas. What's wrong with tiki torches? The uh, it's the anniversary of the um, you are dwelling too much on something like that. On what? It's the anniversary of the Charlottesville. I brought up tiki Nazi, torches because he wanted to light up a ton of oh, okay. It sense to have tiki torches. They ran over the, the people and all that stuff in their car. Yeah, but did the tiki torches really have anything it, to it do was with that? Other than they, did. they, 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 they bought were on the tiki sale torch. at Home Depot. Exactly. That's why they, That's had, why they yeah. had them. I don't. I don't really relate. Create a stigma about them. Nah. Citronella has yet to recover, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's why the mosquitoes are running wild. It's Florida. That's why the mosquitoes are running wild. <laughs> All right. Who's your friend that missed the beer review last time? Chris. Me? O'Connor. O'Connor. Oh. <laughs> Me? Chris O'Connor. Now we're going to rate this beer. Yes. Stay tuned. What is it again? Tokabaga. Cigar City's Tokabaga Red IPA. Nice 7.2 ABV, 65 IBUs. I've really enjoyed this beer. I do, too. Nice taste to it. Uh, really good. Do you mind if I take a sip of your highlight to compare it to the yeah. highlight? Because they're very similar. I don't think so. Really? I find this uh, Tokabaga to be a little more smoky in it, where the highlight I find more citrusy. Yeah, but I, I still taste citrus in the Tokabaga, and that's what it says in the description of it. Yeah, but the red portion of it is where you get the bitterness and the malt. Yeah, so. it's maltier for sure. So uh, between one and six, what do you think? I don't know. Faraz, how do we rate this? Um, so let's say that you were having a winter in Winnipeg. Now, you Which is how many all year round. Now, right? let's say that you have six opponents. The adequate number of snowballs you would need would be one per person. Yes. So you would need six snowballs. How many snowmen? You can get six <laughs> snowballs out of one snowman, sir. Okay. You can get more if you're very diligent on so crafting what you're telling snowballs. Me is you can snowball a snowman six times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the context of this conversation, uh-huh. what JL said is accurate. Beyond <laughs> this bad context, <laughs> I don't know. So there is something to do in Winnipeg. As well. <laughs> We all thought there was nothing to do, but there's actually a lot to do. So you I can just to... see the sign now when you go into Winnipeg. Welcome to Winnipeg, birthplace of snowballing. Please don't snowball our snowmen. <laughs> <laughs> so a preferable number here would be six inches. Now let's say that you have less than six. That's inches. As long as you have more than one inch, you should be okay. Should. Should. <laughs> Ideally, you'd want six snowballs. I don't think you've explained the rating system at all. I am so confused. (laughs) Like snowballs, we rate the beer out of six. Okay. That's all you meant to say? Zero to six. Zero to six. Six means you can drink You can't get a single snowball out of that snowman, then you are fucked, sir. 
And there's no, the E. You're not. There's the E. Welcome to the E. Although this swastika probably put us at an E as well. So what's your number? I'm giving this a five. Oh. I think the dry maltiness towards the end would keep me from drinking a whole six pack that I would have to save one for another time. But overall, it's a great beer, great drinkability, and yeah, five. You know, I like it a lot. I really enjoy the flavor. It is reminiscent of the highlight, and we already kind of went over it's a lot maltier than it. And I think because of that, it's giving me this aftertaste I'm not crazy about. So I like the taste and the drinkability of it, but the aftertaste is kind of going to have to knock it down one for me. Should have had more snowballs. I'm going to give it a four. It's really good, but I'm not digging the aftertaste. Okay. She said to Faraz. Well, even though JL tried to kill me this week, it didn't work because I'm also giving it a five. Wow. Wow. Really good. Um, I like the smoky aftertaste, actually. Sounds like uh, Chris's palate has matured. Um, I wouldn't say that necessarily. What do you think of that other beer you're drinking? Uh, That's good, too. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a German Pilsner from Aldi's. Okay. Uh, That one's not bad, either. It's very light. Wurstigrenir. Worst. This is JL. Don't hurt yourself, it. kid. <laughs> but what's your number on the uh, toboggan? <laughs> the um, toboggan, toboggan beer. Toboggan. Toboggan. Um, just more. I don't get the typical citrus that you get from an IPA, but but it's a red IPA, which I don't think I've ever had. I um, got no citrus at all, to be honest. Yeah, I definitely get the malt, the pine, and the finish there. I like it. I understand Nicole's criticism of the aftertaste. It is a lingering bitterness, but I don't mind it so much. I might have to go with the. I might have to go with JL and Chris here and give it a five. I I could drink this pretty easily. The aftertaste is a mild inconvenience, <laughs> and that's what it says on the label. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. This one beats what you had uh, a red pale ale before. I don't remember what it was, but this one. By far beats it. Yes. Way better. Another point for Cigar City. Yep. I've been looking at this beer for a while, and I'm glad it's lived up to the expectations that I held it to. There you go. Mm -hmm. We got some emails, don't we? Yes, we do. If you want to email us, our email address is podcast42show at gmail.com. Make sure to use the numbers 42, of course. Our first email is from Zombie Shark. Hi, Zombie Shark. (laughs) <laughs> that was actually a very underrated sci-fi movie if you've never seen it. I haven't. I haven't even seen Sharknado. What? Did you know Chris Jericho was in Sharknado too? I did not know that. As Why a, was that not a fishbowl fact? He played the ride operator when they filmed it at he the He was Universal. the world's strongest rock and roller coaster, roller coaster ride operator. operator. <laughs> <laughs> Who was eaten by a shark as the ride was going on as he was trying to get Ian Ziering out of it. I actually watched a couple of movies this week. You guys would be impressed, but we'll do the emails first. Zombie Shark said, if you wrote the show Friends, what would you do differently? Probably get rid of Ross. Wow. Oh, wow. Ross hater. Wow. I, Ross was so negative. And so selfish the entire show, and it just got on my nerves. You couldn't relate to that? No. <laughs> that wasn't nice. Were you like Team <laughs> Rachel then or Team Ross? No, I wasn't crazy about she Rachel. She was Team Chandler. Because Rachel wasn't I like, like selfless either. I, no, I agree with that. I wasn't really a huge fan. I wasn't a huge fan of any of them. I liked Chandler just because I thought his one-liners and his comedy to kind of mask his feelings was really good kind of character arc. I know my best friend hated Chandler because she's like, he just, he's always trying to be funny. Like, he's never serious about anything. I'm like, I I saw him serious about plenty of stuff in the show. But I understand the reason, like, his upbringing and his issues with his mom and his dad, why he had to use comedy as a defense mechanism. Or the fact that it was a sitcom. Yes. That might have helped. Yes. But I did not. I didn't care for Ross. I would keep the monkey and make them all enemies. That's how I would change the show. (laughs) Marcel. Marcel. Yes. Oh, I'd make Phoebe an intelligent character. Phoebe's great. That way, you know, it takes away some of the comedic value and shows how she's really the mastermind of the whole thing. (laughs) In a way, she is intelligent, though. She's out of the box. Yes, but it's out of the box, and I would make her more... Smelly cats really do smell, so she's right about that. Smelly cat, <laughs> smelly cat. Yeah, what's the next email? 
from Lumber Mama. Hi, Lumber Mama. <laughs> so sad about Robin Williams. There will never be another like him. I know Chris said he didn't want to do it, but I would have listened to a four-part episode on this subject. It had been four. It would have been one happy part and three sad parts because we had would have had to dive into his addictions. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. I mean, we could have gone into more detail about his comedy and the different comedic movies that he did. Speaking of Robin Williams, Nicole, what did you watch this weekend? I watched Goodwill Hunting. Oh wow, you haven't seen that before? <laughs> no, wow. I haven't seen it before. <laughs> it's realistic. It was great. I know. Who would have thought the janitor? I really liked it. I really liked it. It's and like at a the Scooby-Doo end, episode, but with at the end, with the whole "it's not your fault" thing, I started tearing up. And he's like, "Are you crying?" I was like, "This is a breakthrough. This is really emotional right now." Mm. It was sad. Well, I know a little uh, insider note on that movie: the scene where uh, Matt Damon and Robin Williams are talking, and Matt Damon's letting loose on his feelings, and Robin Williams farts. That wasn't in the script. <laughs> that was all that was all ad libbed from that part and they both started cracking up. That sounds about right. Yeah. She also finally watched The Departed. Departed's a good movie too. That was a good movie. Yep. And The were Boondock on, Saints. Were you on like a Matt Damon kick or something? No. It was just but we Matt were Damon's coming on in the Boondock Saints. No, but Daryl from The Walking Dead is and he plays pretty yes. much the same character. Yeah. Yes. Like he does in everything he's ever yes. done. Yeah. But we like we were going through movies and he was like, these are good movies. And I'd heard of them before and I just never got around to watching them. I was like, OK, see, that's a movie. Yes, let's watch that. You said that's a movie. Let's watch that. That's a movie. <laughs> wow. Sign you up for movie reviews. <laughs> <laughs> that's a movie. Watch that. This is a beer. Drink that. I think uh, Nicole should start a show called That's a Movie. <laughs> Where she just goes and says, yep, that's a movie. That's a movie. That's not a movie. That's a TV show. That's a movie. But it's an hour and a half long TV show. That's so not a movie. Like, it's nobody, a TV show. But there are movies that are an hour and a half long. So what's the difference? Did it come out to theaters, the TV show? I don't know. Because the TV show is an ongoing Netflix, series Netflix of stuff. Netflix produces Exotic. movies now. So they're not technically in the movie theaters. Yes, it doesn't make them less of a movie. No, there's still movies. There's still movies. Speaking of Steven other Spielberg, movies. Spielberg, there's still movies. <laughs> we also... Took JL up on his suggestion to watch Teen Titans go to the movies. Yes. Which song got stuck in your head the longest? It's an upbeat, inspirational song. <laughs> I downloaded yeah, it that right, right after the movie. Car. It's the greatest running song to come so, out. Nicole, in a while. Great. When they with Michael Bolton singing. Without it. any spoilers, <laughs> there is a scene where Batman's parents die, <laughs> and Nicole. Why are you bringing up the Batman scene? <laughs> Nicole cracks up, dying of laughter in the movie theater because of an intervention that causes Batman's parents to die after they were saved in the movie. And um, my daughter, Isabella, asked Nicole, why are you laughing? Batman's parents are being killed. No, that's not what she said. She didn't understand what was happening. She was like, why are you laughing? Like, what happened? And I was just like... It, it's it, it's just it's and it's an adult joke. Like they went back and they changed so was time. His one, but you didn't laugh at that. I know you didn't no. laugh at that one. No, but it was like. Even though I didn't mean it like it. Anyway, Teen Titans go to the movies is pretty decent. Yeah, it was good, especially the scene where Batman dies. What? Or his parents die. <laughs> it was just so funny. It was a hoot for Nicole. That's her damn first. She's <laughs> like, that's a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> Saved his parents, and he's all happy. And no, not, you're spoiling the movie. He's not Batman anymore. And then they go and they give his mom back her pearls, and they push them into the alley, and you just see two flashes of light, and Batman's face turned to dread, and it was just, it was just funny. She's cracking up now. That didn't sound like a funny scene. It sounds very tragic. <laughs> she's <laughs> and yet she's laughing at your uh, really? 2001 when, when they saved Aquaman from the uh, plastic rings. Yeah. There were a lot of funny parts of that. The Stan Lee cameo. Um, I had to sit there just to see the credits to make sure that was Stan Lee. (laughs) Was it Stan Lee? You didn't sit through the credits? No. How dare you? 
Hey, we had kids with that. Was it a live action Stanley or no, cartoon? animated? Okay, he's done animated because uh, he loves horror. cameos. Uh, Big Hero Six, he had an animated cameo. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. This isn't even Marvel, but I don't care. I love cameos. <laughs> it was funny. So go see Teen Titans Go for the when Batman loses his parents. Yes. <laughs> Tragically, but if funny. you want the full story, watch Batman Begins, followed by The Dark Knight. We already you did a whole episode that on that. You do realize you have to buy beer now. Wait, what? Every time you mention Batman or something no, else, there was going to be like some sort of something like equivalent a swear jar to a swear jar. Yeah, I don't see a jar. Beer. Well, I could throw a quarter into this jar. Mm-hmm. It's a dollar. Yeah, no, we'll, a dollar at this we'll start collecting it in the fishbowl until we have no room for fishbowl facts. That it's going to pay for beer. We have, <laughs> it means we have made the equivalent of a number of Batman or The Office or some other type of fishbowl facts, and therefore we don't have any Bad for that tattoo week. jokes. That, yeah. It wasn't a joke. That's like a tattoo I've always wanted. A swastika? <laughs> no, the <laughs> Batman emblem. Stop talking about that. It was a pagan symbol before they corrupted it. Batman's? No, the swastika. <laughs> oh Both God. are true. Both are true. <laughs> well, I wish I wrap up yes, the show. Please. No, before we talk anymore, I want to wrap this. up the show. If you are going on the Rocket Wrestling Rager and you are a fan of the show, find me on the ship. Yes. I will be there. Jail will be there. Wait, what? what I will is be, it? It is from October 27th to October 31st. So you'll be back for Halloween? I'll be back in time for Halloween, but I will be on the Chris Jericho cruise. Awesome. Nice. Take pictures. Yeah. What, uh, what cruise line? Norwegian. Oh. Nice. That's a good one. Coming out of what port? Uh, Miami. Norwegian is Jericho. Yes. <laughs> what difference of what port does it make? It matters if people want to join JL. Okay. God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had a specific reason. No. Just find JL in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Should be easy. It's small. <laughs> easy. Like Atlanta. I will be at a it's pool a bar town. drinking a beer, telling everybody what the beer is and how it goes from a zero to a six. <laughs> <laughs> Snowballing the beer. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fazone. I'm still Y2JL. Do you guys have a different meaning for the term snowballing? We'll talk off the air. I'm Faraz. Hey. <laughs> find us on Spreaker. Oh, yeah, we didn't. We didn't. And anywhere you find and podcasts our, and look for our Patreon. Yes. Where you can get our scripts. And there's free stuff on there, too. Okay, bye. Oh, and our official Podcast 42 Facebook page. It'll ask you to join and we'll accept you. We do lots of memes. <laughs> he said he was Faraz A. What he didn't say is the final thing. Fairly well. Bye. You are no longer listening to Podcast 42. Some of the stuff you just heard might have been embellished, made up, or just plain incorrect. In other words, don't use this show to write a book report with. You will get a bad grade, just like all the hosts. But I'm not done yet! JL's Beer Cooler is written and performed by Cremo. Cremo is an award-winning actor and musician. For all things Cremo, including more great music, visit Cremo.com. That's spelled C-R-A-Y-M-O. He is on Twitter at Cremo. Facebook, just search Cremo Music. And also on YouTube under, you guessed it, Cremo.